You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I mean, look, I, I actually like the the new Stranger Things. I, I think it earned that extra long runtime, but I didn't need this 90-minute spinoff for Winona Ryder. I mean, how many times do I have to see Winona Ryder walk through the woods yelling out the name of a missing loved who, one? Who doesn't want to watch Joyce, like, be Joyce? I mean, come on. Only, it's not her son. It's a missing kid, but he's actually like a 30-year-old grown-ass man <laughs> in, like, a really shitty hipster you thought, trucker you cap. Thought, you thought he was 30 with that? You're being generous. Late 30s, <laughs> early 40s. <laughs> It, it's hard to say. Somehow way too young for her. Definitely younger than she is. But I think all of us felt older after watching this movie. Uh, <laughs> even though it was only 90 minutes long. It's 90 minutes that, you know, we're gone in the night. I'll never get those 90 minutes back. Well, gone in the night for you. It was gone during the workday for me because I watched it while I was at the office. Yeah, well, at least you got paid for watching it. Look at it that way. <laughs> The rest of us were not so fortunate. Hey, everybody. My name is Marco. I am joined by my three other fellow reviewers. I'm joined by Sarah Jane. Hey, now. Frank. Hello. And Wayne. Hey, how's it going? We're talking today about a brand new movie, a thriller from writer and director Eli Horovitz, who's best known for his uh, 2017 podcast series that was very well received, a radio drama called Homecoming, which was then adapted uh, into a another well-received uh, Amazon TV show. So I kind of had high hopes for this movie based on its cast. You've got yeah. Winona Ryder, you've got Dermot Mulroney, John Gallagher, Owen Teague, Brianne Zhu, who I'm not familiar with. But, wow. <laughs> you know, and it's a 90 minutes. That's a that's the perfect length for a tight little thriller. And I felt like it lasted three hours. Well, you got to give it props for it being, uh, and I will say that it was able to be um, a whole story. I don't know if it, I mean, whether it worked or not is a different story, but a whole story that was really self-contained. And, uh, you know, it, it, that it, it was a whole, all right. They did, well, <laughs> they did everything that they needed to do in 90 minutes. No, Frank. They did uh, not do everything no. they needed to do. Well, well, no. well, no, 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 sorry. No, let me rephrase that. Let me, let me rephrase that. They really? did everything that they set out to do in 90 minutes. I'm not sure. Yeah. I yeah. can't agree with you. But, <laughs> but before we get too far in the weeds, let me give you a very quick synopsis, and then you guys can weigh in on what you thought of it. So this is the story of the character Winona Ryder plays, Kath. She's dating a younger man, uh, played by John Gallagher. His name is Max. It's clear that she's older. She's mature. She's, you know, she's been around. And he's kind of fun in a goofy sort of way. He's clearly 
way too goofy for her, but she's like, hey, why not, you know? But there is a generation gap there that is adding strain to the relationship. To kind of spice things up with some spontaneity, they decide to go to this cabin in the woods. Once they get there, to their surprise, there is another couple there, Al and Greta, who do not seem terribly pleased to see this other couple arrive at the Airbnb, but apparently they double-booked it, so they make the best of it. They agree to let them stay the night. In the morning, Winona Ryder wakes up and realizes that Max is nowhere to be found. She does find Al, who is crying, and says that in the middle of the night, Max and Greta hooked up and took off to God knows where. So, clearly, not a very stable relationship. She goes back to the big city, kind of feels bad about it for a while, thinks, eh, you know, good riddance. I mean, if he ghosted me, he ghosted me. It wasn't working out anyway. But she can't let it go. That doesn't mean she calls him or goes to his place and tries to find him. No, she becomes obsessed <laughs> with this Greta character, this bitch who stole her boyfriend. So what does she do? She does the thing that any reasonable person would do. She calls the owner of the Airbnb, played by Dermot Mulroney, a former biotech star and entrepreneur who just decided to retire and live out in the woods like you do. And surprisingly, he's like, yeah, I'll help you. Let's go stake her out. I shouldn't release that information about my customers, but hey. (laughs) I'm not doing anything else right now. Why not? Let's spend some time. We're age appropriate. Maybe we'll have a relationship together. (laughs) And then shit gets weird. Whether that's weird in a good way, that's what you guys are here to tell me. It was weird in a weird way. Second that. (laughs) But not even in a very weird, interesting way. One of the things that really I found fascinating about this movie was it starts off as a comment on, on different generations. And there are three different generations at play here. There is the, you know, the Winona Ryder generation, which I guess she's Gen X, isn't she? I mean, she, yes. Yes. Yeah, very famously Gen if X. If reality bites is to be believed. Yeah, exactly, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then there's like the, the older millennial, which is the Max character. Was, is it Max? It is Max, right? That's Max. Yeah. yeah. And then the younger millennials, um, which is mainly Greta. Um, and I thought this is going to be a really, really like great sort of, not a, because it is only 90 minutes, not a, a thorough exploration, but a, a, certainly a comment on, you know, the generation gaps. Um, and for a while it is. And in, in, in those instances, it, it, it is more or less involving. Um, but my problem is that the third act introduces this other sort of like ideology and this, you know, you know, sort of like train of thought that it's like, why are we doing this? Why, 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 why did you come to this place? There was no reason for us to be here. You know, we were already on a path that was worth exploring. Now you're just going almost by the numbers, really, and grasping for straws at the same time. Why indeed, Sarah Jane? Um, I couldn't tell you. Uh, I <laughs> did not like this movie. And, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with Winona Ryder. I mean, I know she was like the it girl for a long time. Impossible. You can only love Winona Ryder. You can only love her. Uh, (laughs) I'm kidding. Be very careful what you say about my middle school fictional goth girlfriend. I see what I mean. I mean, everybody loves her, but growing up, I mean, you know, I am Gen X also. And so she was just like ever present after reality bites, which I loved. And because I love Ethan Hawke so much. Oh Oh my God. Um, and so I don't know what it is. I don't think she's that great of an actress. I think she's fine. She's beautiful. I think they're making her like a little bit haggard in this movie because I don't think she really 
particularly looks like she's in her 50s. I thought she would look quite natural, to be honest with you. Oh, maybe she was. I don't know. But I felt like they were trying to make a point and make her look a little bit because um, Greta, you know, they all say something like, wow, well, you're really old, you know, yes. and you look old. And I'm like, what? Because she doesn't. She looks great. Yeah. She um, looks great. for fi- Well, she looks great for 51, but she looks great anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's irrational, my love-hate thing for her, but it was just a thing <laughs> that I have... We have grown old together. Let's just put it that way. And John Gallagher, uh, you know, or John Gallagher Jr., I'm sorry. I, I really like him because he's supernatural. I mean, he was like really got um, famous from Spring Awakening on Broadway. And he was also in Newsroom. And he plays the same character to me in uh, most of his things. Like he's a sh- kind of little schlubby, um, but he's charming and a little bit goofy uh, but here he's, you know, dressed like Ryan Adams and is kind of an asshole. <laughs> so I, I get why we all hate him. But I, you know, I would go out for coffee with you, uh, Jonathan or John Gallagher Jr. I think anyway. So the <laughs> way he ahead. would be the guy serving the coffee. He <laughs> seems like a guy who's been a coffee barista for the yeah. past twenty years. Right. Can we talk who does look really old, and I get. I mean, that is the character actually is Dermot Mulroney. I just thought, wow. Yeah, Man, right. It's yeah. like an old uh, for fifty-seven. That's she's looking poor, but maybe again they made it do it like that on purpose because of the character. Yeah, because what the character is going through. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. I mean, there's clearly some generation gap commentary. You know, the younger kids feel like Winona Ryder's kind of boring, and you know she wants to go to bed early. She doesn't want to play their silly little games. You know, she's taking life more seriously. You get a certain age and you feel that way when you hang out with kids in their 20s. Mm-hmm. And for his part, the Max character feels really awkward around her older friends who are mature and mm-hmm. have, you know, careers and jobs and things and families. And, you know, they're kind of making these little remarks about how he's kind of like still a kid, has never really grown up and spends way too much money on things like vintage T-shirts <laughs> and, you know, limited edition trucker caps so, yeah, there is that commentary there. I agree with you guys that that's kind of interesting. But, boy, all of that gets thrown out the window when you get the twist. But, you know, Marco, it's interesting when it's not so on the nose. Right. Uh, yeah. You know, like, there's that there, there's a scene where she goes into a club and the guy asks, are you here to find your kid? Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, well, dude, now you're just, like, really just hammering it home more than you need to. Yeah, because my first thought was, I've actually had that conversation with a guy at a door oh. and it was, well, no, I'm actually meeting up with him because he told me this was a kick-ass show. <laughs> but, right? but yeah, I, I was like, okay, all right, we, we get it. You know, she's old, fine. And I don't know, Gallagher to me felt like her dog. Like he's some, he's for companionship and he's kind of irritating sometimes and kind of lovable sometimes. So basically he was a puppy. I didn't, it was hard yeah. to even think of him as a person. You know, but, but didn't like her reasoning or not her reasoning, but her story for like getting, you know, being with him. I think that sort of like deepened it for me. The fact she was like, well, you know, I was, wasn't banking on finding, you know, somebody, you know, I right, wasn't, right. I, you know, this was just, I was, I was cool by myself and this and that. And then. I like that we had that moment of her. It really humanized her. It humanized their relationship for me. I mean, she's an older person who's, you know, she's been around. She's lived a life. 
and feeling like she's in a rut. She meets a younger man and suddenly, you know, he's kind of spontaneous and goofy and fun. Mm-hmm. And these are things that have not been in her life for a and while. And the right level of you it. Know. He's like, he's not an overwhelming, like, yeah. younger person. Right. Right, but we're talking way too much about this relationship, which is barely <laughs> present, because the guy goes missing within like the first 20 minutes. And yeah. the title. Oh, let's talk about the title <laughs> real quickly, because this was originally released at festivals as The Cow. Now, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who or what The Cow is. I will say that it does make sense within the context of the story, Kinda. or at least to the extent that this story makes any sense at all. But boy, changing the title was a good idea because yeah. if you were on the fence, whether or not you wanted to see gone in the night, once you saw the, the trailer and the title, the cow came up, I would have been like, you know what? Fuck it. You know, like, like, like yeah. some real, some real cynical people would have thought that they're talking about her. Yeah, you know. What? Yeah, yeah. Like, remember, like she you know, is not a cow. like in British no. British terms, like, oh, what a cow. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Well, not. well, and again, it looks like we're going to get more relationship drama as it goes along because she connects with this guy Barlow, the mm-hmm. owner, and we yes. and and they start hanging out, and it's clear they have a much closer level of experience with their own lives. I mean, he's still like ultra wealthy and like a genius or whatever, but like they both have that same sort of pace about how they do things and they're you know this going on it uh on this sort of manhunt for max well or rather for greta is kind of a different kind of adventure for her but it's with a guy who's not as silly and stuff in fact he's almost overly serious sometimes yeah yeah i mean he's had a life he's had a life he's he's serious and they actually have great chemistry. Yes, I was do. kind of yeah. looking forward to the Dermot Moroni and, you know, Winona Ryder buddy cop kind of thing where they go on an investigation together. I was as well, because it is, it is a very like sort of like unorthodox meet cute that they have. Right. And, uh, and you do, <laughs> you do find yourself actually rooting for them. And, yeah. um, and, and, and yeah, and I don't want to say what happens, but, you know, shit well, happens. One thing we should talk about, and I do want to get Sarah Jane's opinion on this because we talked about it, I think, a little bit before we started recording, is the structure of this. Mm. Yeah. Because what happens is about 30 minutes in, you know, the guy's missing. She's frantic and then eventually getting over it, but still not able to let it go. And then we get a flashback that feels like it just came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And it's supposed to make you question everything you've seen before. After that, it's kind of pretty consistent of, you know, cutting back between the present and the past. And Sarah, Jane, did that deepen the mystery for you? Or did it just make you feel more confused about what was going on? Well, I was never confused, but I could tell, well, at first I wasn't sure if it was a flashback, but then I saw the shirt. And so I was like, oh, okay, that tells me that this was already, you know, in the past. I don't think it needed that to go back and forth. I guess they thought maybe that would be interesting, but um, I didn't really care for it. Yeah, I didn't. I got to say, I didn't either. I thought it was just all done for Flash. I'm sure they thought it was being creative, but the fact that, I mean, all it does is disguise the fact that this is not that, uh, that's a pretty base mystery to uncover. Yeah, if the guy just dumped her for another woman, no one's going to be surprised. There's no story there. That happens all the time. That's realistic. You buy it. It sucks. But the fact that it becomes a mystery, then suddenly you have to 
not only provide answers, but you actually have to provide an interesting mystery. And I'm not sure that this movie does that, even though it so clearly thinks it's doing that. I mean, technically, it wouldn't have been a mystery if she would have just made the phone call to him. Because that would have started a mystery, I guess, if he wouldn't have answered the phone. But in my experience, I would have, if this would have happened to me, I would have never tried to find out who she was. I would be focused on him. Why did he leave me? Exactly. Yeah, and I think because we never we never see her try and make contact with him, and there's no right. reason there's no reason we or his parents or siblings and, and there, or and friends there's no that reason that one? we there's no reason that we couldn't have seen that because right. it had been perfectly logical given what the ending is that he would not have answered his phone. Right, but why didn't she try? Yeah, and so it's like, well, she 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 could be like, well, I tried. I try contacting him. Now I'm going to go to this next, like, rather desperate measure. She jumps to a desperate measure before we see her go through any desperation. Right. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah. I think there's a lot of character motivation that, that doesn't work, especially the further along you go. There's a lot of these shifting alliances and, and stuff that I just, no, <laughs> I just don't. <laughs> I I mean, we've talked a lot about her search for, for Max and how that feels unrealistic, but that's far from the only character motivation that you're just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, there's a decision she makes that I was like, at this moment, it could really go either way as to why she's doing this thing. And I can't guess which it'll be. Every character in this does that, though. Yeah. no. That, that, oh, sure. Yes. But, but they, they all feel like so phony everything about the third act of this movie just feels so phony because it goes so you're giving the second act way too much credit (laughs) i think the second i think the second act has a lot more credibility than i mean the third act is just like we're gonna go complete 180 that nobody will see it coming and (laughs) and a lot of people won't because they won't I mean, nobody. There was no trail. There was no trail. Nobody would. Nobody would think that would be a plausible like story. Like nobody would. Like why would you even want to go there story wise after what you've already like the groundwork you've already laid? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a discovery that she makes near the end of it, and I'm like, okay, I can see where this is gonna. Oh no, that's not where I thought it was gonna go. And a surprise would be great, but I don't know that this surprise. No. Works. <laughs> no. No, I, I think this really suffers from having a first time director who probably has really good instincts for creating stories and twisty tales and so forth, but he's come from a podcasting world or he's come from, you know, executive producing or writing for a TV series. But as a director, there's never any real sense of dread. Mm-hmm. It's very talky. Yeah. It's very exposition heavy. And, and just like, the camera choices, the editing, it really thinks it's clever, but it's not. I mean, this is the kind of bad movie that only a bunch of creative, smart people can make. <laughs> and that's what's frustrating about it. Because the people there are talented. We know these are good actors, and they commit to every scene. The problem is they're committing to the material they're given, and that's very often contradictory to the scene they just did and the scene that's coming after. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And it's a shame because... uh Everybody here is compelling to watch in, in, in their own right. I think especially Greta, that actress. I mean, I was transfixed. I mean, she's the most menacing character in this piece. And I just was like, I, I couldn't wait till her next scene came up. She, her, the camera loves her. Absolutely. And the guy who played her boyfriend, 
Yeah. Um, I don't know what his name is, but he reminded me of like Caleb Landry Jones. A bit. Owen Teague. I know him from It. He plays the bully in It or one of the bullies. Hmm. Okay. His uh, character turn, because everyone here does have a character turn that they're saddled with. I didn't like his character character turn at all, but I liked what it allowed that actor to do. Yeah. I didn't like any of these character turns, but I didn't like any of these characters, so it didn't matter which way they turned. (laughs) (laughs) True. To the left, to the right, you know, upside down. It's just like, what does the script say I have to be now? Okay, I'll play the hell out of it, even though it makes no sense. Look, we could go on and on and on about this, and I really wish we could go into spoilers. We're not going to do that, but... Boy, I would love to talk about spoilers. I'll spoil this one bit for you. Don't watch this movie. It's not worth it. (laughs) But hey, I'm not the only one here. Let's go into the final thoughts. Luane, kick us off, please. Some of it looks good. Um, Some of it sounds interesting. The cast is enjoyable to watch, even if we don't believe the characters they're playing. I didn't realize that I missed Dermot Mulroney, and I hadn't seen him in things in a while. Um, Of course, I'm always happy to see Winona Ryder, because, I mean, Sarah Jane notwithstanding, I will admit that I (laughs) still have a a certain fondness for for her. (laughs) This is a pro-Winona Ryder call, yes. Yeah, and uh, the other two primary actors, well, three, I guess, with Max... They're all fine for what they're doing. I just think that the material doesn't serve them very well. I think they do everything they can do with what they have, and they're still interesting to watch to a point. (laughs) Um, In the end, it's kind of in the middle. I like some of it, but not enough to recommend watching it. So I guess 2.5 out of 5 vampires. (laughs) Spoiler warning! Or is it? (laughs) Or is it? Frank, what are your final thoughts? I really wanted to like this. It starts off as, you know, a twisty thriller, but the the twists become more and more lame brain. I mean, I I hate to use that that term because it's so base, but it it is. And I think Luane is right when you're saying, like, you, you can't predict the way this movie went well no because you would not think it would end like in that like desperate and you know that stupid of a way (laughs) there is some commentary here that i think was really interesting the performances are are all really great especially winona riders and i think you know she's one of those actresses like she's at her best when she's not uh you know she doesn't have to talk she doesn't need a huge monologue you know the way she, she just you know her physicality the way that she emotes um, that's always been involving. That's always been really interesting. And that's what makes her so interesting to watch. And she still has that here. She is the only reason to watch this movie apart from the supporting characters. But this movie is is half-baked at best. And it's a shame. It's a real shame. Because they, they, they could have done something with this. Um, I think that had this been more of a haunting character piece, following this tortured woman who never gets the answers that she wants, that would have been great to watch. That would have been amazing to watch. We didn't get that film. We got the cow. Excuse me. We got Gone in the Night, uh, <laughs> which sounds like an 80s TV movie. But uh, so, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go ahead and give this. And this is purely only for Winona Ryder. Uh, six and a half out of 10 former coworkers that you just run into in public that you really have no interest in seeing. But there they are. And they're like, what have you been up to? I'm like, go away. Please just no beef, but like leave. <laughs> 
Frank, I'm, I'm frankly surprised because you rated this higher than I thought you would. <laughs> uh, Sarah Jane, I'm really curious to see how your rating compares to Frank's. Uh, well, it's it's going to be uh, vastly lower. <laughs> Way lower. <laughs> you know, I saw the trailer and I thought, oh, this could be pretty interesting. I wasn't excited, but I thought, oh, this could be good. You know, um, I don't find this uh, to be a thriller. When we said Marco described it as a thriller, I'm like, wait, what? You know, it didn't have any suspense for me. I think somebody else already mentioned that. Um, I, you know, I just didn't care yeah, about anyone. That's a problem. I mean, nobody's bad, but I didn't think anybody was particularly good. Because, you know, when we're getting toward the end, I'm just like, really? You know, I don't even buy this, what's happening this feels like it could be a really good movie if someone else had written the script and was directing it. No offense to Winona writer, but like starred Melanie um, Linsky because they're kind of a similar, oh. you know, I was feeling some very Melanie Linsky vibes here. And I was like, this could probably be a better movie if she's in it. Or, or not this movie, but, you know. Don't put Melanie in this movie. She needs to be in a better movie. Even she couldn't save this movie. Correct. So um, I guess there was some interesting stuff about the older, younger dynamics. But then, you know, as Frank said, it just felt really spot on. And so um, I'm just going to give it my rating now. I am going to give it three Bad Brains t-shirts that cost $150 plus shipping from Tokyo. That's brilliant. That's that's brilliant. Also, I got to say, my my rating was for Winona Ryder solely, who is killing it in this film. This isn't a show where we rate actors. <laughs> well, we got we got nothing else, Marco. Like, you know, to, <laughs> I think by now it's pretty obvious. I was not impressed with this movie. It's a thriller without thrills. It's ninety minutes long, but feels two and a half hours long. It's got good actors who are doing good work, but none of the scenes they're in feel like they are consistent with the scenes that came before or after. It's either a dumb person's idea of a smart movie or a smart person's <laughs> idea of a dumb person's movie. I, I really don't know. There's just nothing here compelling. And as Luane was saying, yes, there's a twist that might have been satisfying, except it doesn't play honest. There's really just not enough clues to lead you down that path to where you go, of course, this is where it was going. It all fits together beautifully. It's just like, oh, we're doing this thing now, no matter how implausible. This is why you hire movie stars and, you know, experienced actors because they can sell even the shittiest material. But there is a point where no actor, no matter how good, no matter how charismatic or talented, at some point they cannot rise above this material. And that's too bad because the premise itself is kind of interesting. But after that first act, everything just goes downhill with one implausible bad decision after another to where I just no longer felt these were believable people. They were just constructs on a page given to people who were overqualified to play them. It's a, This is a disappointment. This is one of the worst movies I've seen this year. And it's a shame because you can look at it, you can squint at it and see where there might have been a good movie. This isn't an incompetent picture. It's just a bunch of people who making a movie who thought it was so smart, they never stopped to ask themselves, is this dumb? <laughs> is this how, what a real person would do? 
anybody else would have been like, that doesn't make any sense. She would call the guy rather than hunt down this girlfriend or at least exhaust all avenues trying to find him before, you know, doing this insane thing. And when you meet those people in flashbacks, they would do other things too. Mm -hmm. It's really, really implausible. And that's just too bad. Like I said, my spoiler review is don't watch this movie. There, I spoiled it for you. It's not worth watching. (laughs) I'm spoiling your experience before you've even watched it. You're going to watch this movie and go, this movie sucks. And you're going to go, Marco told me so. I'm giving this one and a half out of ten limited edition trucker caps. Wow. That's the lowest review I've been reviewing with you for, um, you know, uh, six years now. And that's the lowest review that I've ever, like, the lowest rating I've ever heard you give a film. I have given low reviews before and rarely that low because I am that guy who, look, making a movie is hard. Writing a script is hard. If you get even half a good movie, I'm going to acknowledge that. I'm like, hey, man, that's a tough thing to do. If everybody could do it, everyone would. So just getting half of a movie, I'm like, that's an accomplishment. Yeah. But man, to get this far and not have it pay off in any way. I know. I'm just like, or maybe I was just really tired and grumpy when I watched it. That's possible. No. No, no, no. Because there's a point where people get to be thinking they're so clever, they forget to be humble. And that's what these folks did. Well, I have never done that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm humble as fuck. Oh, you cow. (laughs) (laughs) Moo.